Yeah, it's Radio 2000 uh, Music Your Memories. It's a Thursday afternoon, broadcasting from Freedom Freedom Park in Pretoria, Umkonto, where the 60th anniversary commemoration, which is taking place as we speak. And um, for those who've just tuned in, good afternoon to you. Welcome to the Glenzito Superdrive. We've got a guest in the studio, uh, MK Veteran and Nat Serache. Serache. Dumelara, good afternoon, sir. How are you? Fine, thanks. You've greeted me in so many languages. I don't know which one, which one to respond in. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm fine. Ritsu Hiller, Dimachero We're delighted to have you on the show uh, this afternoon. And what, what does this you know, day mean to you personally as an MK veteran? Well, it uh, brings back, shall I say, fond memories. Mm. Fond and... Uh, Mm. Yes, fond memories because uh, um, I am what I am because of MK, because of the upbringing by MK, mm. uh, the Afri- which is the undoing of the African nation, which was the Af- the undoing of the African National Congress, uh, and, and in which I served for sixteen years. Sixteen years, and 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 when did you join the MK? Uh, I joined Umkhonto let me say in 1975 okay. <laughs> inside South Africa. Okay. At that time, I was a journalist on the Rand Daily Mail. Mm. And uh, one of the uh, former MK combatants and, uh, was being released from Robben Island. Yes. Uh, Comrade Joe Kabi. Yes. May his soul rest in peace. <clears throat> so I was assigned to, to, to uh, interview him mm. on his uh, release. Because I was a political uh, uh, writer. Yes. The Daily Mail. Now, what happened to that interview is that uh, he converted that interview into a political education session. For you? Yes. <laughs> I was good there to interview him. But uh, yes, there was them. He did answer my questions. Uh, for the sake of the the, the, the newspaper. Yes. But uh, all in all, as I say, he converted that uh, interview into a political education session. And at the end of the interview, I was a, uh, I was a converted uh, member of Umkonto Esizu. Are you serious? Yes. I mean, like, here you are. Yes. You wake up. You're yes. going to interview a member of Umkonto Esizu. You're yes. just doing your job. Yes. And you're probably looking to forward to other interviews the next day, the next week, the next month. And then the next thing, you're converted. How yeah, was well, that possible? I, I was in a way politically inclined because uh, I was a member of the Black Consciousness Movement. I was yes. a member of the Black People's Convention mm. then. And I worked with people like Steve Biko and others. And yes. uh, but as I say... It was after he learned that I was politically inclined yes. that he then introduced me to, to MK policies or to ANC policies. And as I say, at the end of the, the, the interview, he has converted me politically, completely into an MK uh, operative, underground operative. And how old were you? Were you still single? Uh, no, I was, not, I was not single. Okay. I was married. How old was I? 
I was born in 1944. This okay. was in 1964. Uh, this was in 1965. That's the reason why I wanted to find out, you know, if you're married. What do you tell your family? Um, you see, during those days, MK was a very, or ANC work, underground work, was very secretive. Mm. So I had to be very secretive. Um, I couldn't tell my wife then that I have been recruited into Mkonto East Israel. I just told her that I become sympathetic to the uh, policies of the ANC. It's a nice term, yes. That, that, that's, all I could, that's all I could <laughs> tell her <laughs> yeah, That's all I could tell her. I couldn't tell her. I'm, uh, because uh, first and foremost, I, would, uh, I was uh, protecting her. Yes, yes. Because uh, dur during those days, too much information mm. could be dangerous. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, too much information. She could... Uh, Maybe as a young person, start uh, hmm. boasting to her friends hey. that uh, my, my husband is a member of Mkondwes, hmm. uh, and that would fall into wrong. Into wrong years, yeah. So she could unwittingly, hmm. you know, put my life in danger. So and unwittingly, I went to emphasize. So did you? I mean, obviously, uh, uh, you know, as an MK veteran, did you have to leave the country? Did you leave the country? No, 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 okay. no. I so operated you okay. inside the country, but I was now and again sent outside the country into Botswana to go and meet the uh, comrades uh, and come and uh, maybe bring back information to the country, wow. uh, to the underground, uh, to our underground structures or ourselves as they were called. Yeah, that's a fascinating story. Yeah. So I mean that was from 1974 to 1976. Yeah. So and what what about your job as a journalist? What happened to that? Working for the Rent Daily Mail. No, I was I was I was using that job as a cover oh. to do my MK job. Yeah. It was a very very convenient cover, uh, which is actually by the way the the the, the cover I used uh, when I was take when I I left the country and went to Botswana. Okay. For so eight years when I joined the, uh, the MK, the, yeah. uh, the instructions were that I, no one must know that I'm a member of the ANC. And for eight years, I survived without anybody knowing that I'm a member of the ANC or of Mkonto Esizwe. So uh, but, uh, of course, uh, my wife uh, later crossed, followed me, because after I crossed in 1970, early 77. Yes. She was harassed by the police. She mm. had she still she was uh, breastfeeding a young baby. Mm. She crossed with my daughter, who was then thirteen months old, mm. who became the youngest refugee in Botswana wow. at, at, at thirteen months. Yeah. So I was instructed not to disclose that I was a member of the ANC, and that's that helped me survive in Botswana. Uh, despite the uh, attention paid to Botswana yes, by the yes. apartheid regime, I survived for eight years. Until, unfortunately, because one of the things I was doing was uh, to 
bring young uh, young people from South Africa into Botswana, mm. take them to the Kalahari Desert, subject them to, to some uh, crash course, uh, military training, military and political training, and send them back. Unfortunately, in the ninth year, um, one of my units, one of the units that visited me in Botswana, uh, was from PAL in the in the Western Cape, mm. and unfortunately, among them, they had been inv <coughs> infiltrated by an agent of the apartheid mm. police. Yeah, mm. uh, and the agent didn't need to be even white, right? Pardon? W the agent. He didn't need to be. Th was the agent black or white? No, no, he was he was black. Okay. They couldn't send whites there to. Mm. Okay. Yeah, they, they exploited, you know, how they recruited agents. They knew, they understood our, 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 our financial challenges, yeah, our absolutely. economic challenges. Mm. And those are, those are the, the weaknesses they exploited because mm. they would then put uh, 5,000 on your, t on your table and you, you had never seen 5,000 in your life. Yeah. You say, if you can work with us, join this group. We suspect these people are doing some, Terroristic. We are engaged in some terroristic work in. Uh, mm. So I think please, please join them and find out what they were doing. They are doing. Okay, and then and, what happened? And they crossed with him mm. into Botswana. We subjected them to some training, mm. and he went back and gave them the every report that was given. That is how I was expo I got exposed in Botswana. Okay, and what happened? Were you arrested or? Where in Botswana? Yes. No, the Botswana would not arrest me. Okay. Because uh, when the Botswana police came to me, I denied it. Mm. And they couldn't prove it. Yes. Until the, uh, the, uh, the Boers themselves decided to act. Because the Botswana were not doing anything. So on the 13th of, in the morning of the 13th of February, 1985, in the morning of that, mm. I was lifted out of the rubble of a house that had been destroyed by a bomb. In Botswana, right? In Botswana, yes, yes in Khabron. Because they had decided, no, this one, we have been thinking all the time that he's just an ordinary uh, mm. when he's actually what they call a master terrorist. Wow. So... Uh, Constant Feljun himself went to uh, a place near Mafikeng to actually give instructions for the final operation, for the final attack to, to be uh, carried out. Uh, this revealed during the, the um, TRC, Truth yeah, and Reconciliation Commission, yes, yes. when the chefs who carried out the operation uh, applied for, for amnesty. <coughs> yeah, so uh, they went to actually... In the morning of that, SABC reported me dead because uh, they just looked at what they had done to the house in which, yeah, in, in which we were sleeping. There were two of us in the house. That was myself and a comrade called uh, William Muadira. Well, we didn't use that name, Muadira. We called him Comrade Murupa. Yes. Yeah, or Drums of London. That was an MK uh, operational name. I was Busiso Tlamini. The Tlaminis, yes. Yeah. So uh, you survived, he didn't survive. Well, the bomb lifted him 
from where he was sleeping and threw him into the streets. He suffered some conca concussion. Are you serious? Yeah, and then they took him to the hospital. But then when they took him to the hospital, he looked at where I was sleeping, yes. where I was still covered the rubble. I had lost consciousness then. Yes. So he, when he reached the hospital, he reported me dead in the hospital. And uh, when the police came to dig the, the, the rubble and lift yes. me up, um, I looked at where he was sleeping. Okay. The place was on fire. Wow. It was in flames, and uh, I reported him dead. Wow. <laughs> so I, 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 I was actually refusing to be taken to hospital before we rescued yes, him because yes. I thought he was still under the rubble. So I re he reported me dead at the hospital, and I reported him dead when the police came to collect me. <laughs> and, uh, but then I was taken to the hospital, and I find him there, and we were in severe pains, but we managed to laugh at ourselves. What a fascinating story. Yeah. Wow. What a fascinating story. And then, I mean, did you leave Botswana after that, or you stayed in Botswana? Yes, uh, we agreed. Uh, uh, President Oliver Tambo and uh, Comrade Tabo Mbeki, who was then the Secretary for in International Relations, came to Botswana to request that I be moved to, because I was still, I was still, I was still sticking to my denial that I'm a member of the NC. Yes. Uh, but then they came and confirmed that. <laughs> No, we'll take him to to Lusaka because uh, one of the the uh, reasons why I had to move was because in the attack, some of the people who were injured were my neighbors. Oh, okay. Uh, my neighbors' children, the, 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 the uh, flying glass, and one of you debris. So these in, guys obviously injured some of the yeah. other. In fact. <laughs> What happened was uh, before they could uh, bomb my house, my neighbor saw them coming into the house, in, in, into the yard. Yes. And he had some building materials in his backyard. So he thought they were thieves coming to steal his building oh. material. So he shouted at them, hey, Liboma. And uh, they hit him with a brick. So he limped to the police station to report that there are thieves who are going to steal my property. I tried to stop them, and they, uh, they, they, they hit me with a brick. He was lit. And while he was still reporting, they had that blast that actually shook the thing. They couldn't, they couldn't uh, associate it with the... Yes. So he took them back to the house. Now, as they approached the house, it was drizzling a bit. It was dark. It was at night. So as they approached, they said, Muna, where was this thing? They said, no, this chap was in my neighbor's house, my neighbor's yard. <laughs> and he said, my neighbor's yard was here. <laughs> he said, my neighbor's house was here in this yard. And they said, are you drunk? You said the house, it was, was it the house or, a, or, a, or a, what do you call this thing? A, um, this mobile uh, caravan. caravan. Was it a house or a caravan? He said, no, it's a house. It was here. And your house has moved. Are you drunk? So as they <laughs> approached, as they moved closer, the house, um, the, the, they saw the fire. Mm. 
yeah, the house was burning and they realized no. Then they they started uh, connecting it uh, to that uh, blast that had shook the police station there. Yeah. What a so fascinating story. What, mm. <laughs> what a fascinating <laughs> story. I think people need to more know more about your life, you know, yeah. your trials and tribulations. It's yeah. a fantastic So it was story. agreed that uh, because of the my presence had then become a danger to the mm. safety of Botswana. I will I have to move, move to, to Lusaka. Lusaka. Okay. Yeah. So so I tell mean. us about you know life after after the new democratic dispensation in new south africa i mean you know what is the life of a veteran like are you well taken <sighs> care of what, what's going on mm. where do i start um our veterans have problems i really have experiencing serious problems i don't believe in talking about myself Mm. But gen veterans generally are not leading the type of life they should be leading. You mean them and uh, their families, Pardon? Right? Them, the veterans and their families, immediate families. Uh, their families, yes. Depend, dependents and all the things. Um, in fact, uh, all the, almost all the speakers who have spoken now have actually alluded to that. Mm. That really... Uh, including the program director, he reminded the, the deputy president or acting president here that uh, even the countries that we were, were supporting the apartheid regime, that we call reactionary and what have you said, are treating their veterans much better than our veterans have been treated in our country. It's unfortunate. And, and no one can deny that. It mm. is, it is, you know, you know, to, to be able to correct a mistake, you must first accept that there's a mistake. Yes. Because if we try and sweep this thing under the carpet and say there are no, we will never be, be then uh, uh, someone that political will to correct that, to rectify this mistake. Yeah. Yeah, there's, the, there's that neglect of... Uh, yeah, because one will, you know, one, I mean, if, if I look at you and what, what you're wearing, it's easy for me to believe that, you know, you still believe, you know, in Omkonto um, Wesizwe and the ANC due to the fact that you're still wearing this jacket because... Yeah, no, I will never... I will never um, cease to believe in the ANC. Mm. You know, I don't know how many of you speak Sitswana here. In Sitswana, there is an expression that says... I don't know whether you understand what it means. No, I, I. It talks about a cow yes. and milk. He said that the milk out of the what's name, the uh, the udder. Yes. Is pure. It's not con so if you <clears throat> find contaminated milk it will have been contaminated by the person who actually milking the cow. It's either he did not, uh, he did not uh, wash the receptacle that he was using, to me, or he did not wash his hands. So basically, that's how I always approach this to the ANC, that the policies of the ANC, that's our milk, that is not normally very, very clean, mm. pure milk. But then... 
when I am sent to go and implement those policies, I'm like Mozart Camelo. I did not, I did not uh, uh, clean the bucket or yes. the receptacle that I used, or at least clean my hands. So if the milk or the policies, uh, implementation of the policies, because it is not the policies that are, that are, that are it is their implementation. Mm. Or their wrong implementation that is causing so problems. So do you want to make an appeal on behalf of yourself and other veterans to the organization today? Pardon? Do you, would you like to make an appeal? You know? Yes, uh, I just uh, echo what the, uh, what the, what the Congress have said here, that uh, this uh, commemoration, because I'm, I refuse to call it a celebration, mm. we are not in a celebratory mood. We are not in a position to celebrate at mm. the moment. We are commemorating that this commemoration should, uh, you know, serve as a, as a reminder for us to do some introspection. Mm-hmm. I know that um, some of you are going to be presented with awards. Are you? Are you going? Not to me. Oh. I'm, I'm very young. Oh, okay. You're not. Yeah. Okay. And you're not getting compared one. to those who are going to be. Okay. So, what, what, what's your take on the awards then? Pardon. The medals. Well, the awards, um, as a guest said, they are fine, but they're not enough. Mm. There is no point in being decorated when you are hungry. Absolutely no point. You know, we can talk to you for... Pardon? I say we can chat to you for the entire week because this is a very interesting interview. But yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I'm afraid we've come to an end. And thank you so much for, 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 for chatting to us this You're afternoon. You're welcome. Such an welcome. Um, inspirational interview. Thank, thank you, you so much for, for serving your country. Thanks. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. That's Nets Racha there on Radio 2000, MK Veteran. Yeah, we are broadcasting live from Freedom Park uh, in Pretoria today. It's Umkontoe Caesar's anniversary commemoration. Like he said, it's not a celebration, it's a commemoration. (laughs) This interview was going to go on forever, so that's why I decided. very, very interesting. Yeah. I listened attentively to this gentleman. He was saying things I never thought actually happened. Yeah. And it was just, um, it was a moment of education, at yeah. least for me. Yeah. 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 And I mean, you know, even the questions that we asked him, you know, they were not even planned. I mean, no. i.e., you could hear him when I asked him about, you know, you know, past the, the elections, the new South Africa, you know, what's the life of a veteran like? Mm. And he was like, Phew. Yeah. A big sigh. He, he sighed and paused for a mm. long time. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you don't even want to get to a point where you see a, you know, a gentleman that age, you know, being teared in the studio. So, mm. yeah, very interesting interview. I mean, in other part of the world, this could be turned into a TV series, a book, a movie, a reality show. Something. Yeah. To preserve very and to educate future generations. No, absolutely. Yeah. I, yeah. He's got some yeah, some knowledge and some information mm. that, you know, like you were saying, you, you were educated today. There's a lot of things you didn't know about. Yeah. And obviously what was also fascinating, the fact that he just went out there to do an interview. Yeah. Because yeah. when, when he came in, he's like, I don't even know what I'm going to be talking about. Yeah. Mm. Well, even today, he didn't know. Yeah. Even the first time when he joined Umkonto when he was going to interview, when he was working for the Rent Daily Mail. Yes. 
he just went there to do an interview, interview. and and uh, yeah did not have an idea he was going to end up being a, a member, member. <laughs> Woo, yeah life is full of surprises life is full of surprises